0: Well, welcome this morning to what has been a service of common theme as we seek the Lord and his grace abounds to us. Uh, Thank you for the reading that was taken out of John 21, a a familiar passage which John adds on as a a chapter at the end of his gospel, and it's a beautiful story. where Jesus meets his disciples on a beach for the third time. He uh, had promised to go there and be with with them in Galilee after he had risen, but noticed that this is the area where he had done a lot of ministry in his three years uh, in Galilee, and his disciples had met him there, and so this was a familiar place. Don't you love a beach? I love a beach. We have them in Ontario, uh, Canada, where they, the, the sands alongside our large lakes, sort of flat, but boring. But now there's a beach in South Africa. Uh, that is the Camps Bay uh, Beach, and backing onto it is the beautiful Uh, Twelve Apostles Mountain, which is to the east of Table Mountain. Stunning, beautiful beach. I've been there, and actually I'm going there in February next year for some holidays uh, in the land of my birth. Was this a similar beach on on the Lake of Galilee, uh, the Sea of Tiberias? Maybe not as beautiful, but still a beach nonetheless. And here Jesus' disciples, having been told that they should go there and wait for Jesus uh, after he had risen. And uh, it's a place where they knew he would come, and there they are waiting for him on the beach. Recall also that this is Peter's place where he met the Lord first. He was on the beach, and the Lord said to him, Peter, come, follow me. Don't be afraid, from now on I will make you a fisher of men. And they left their nets, and they followed Jesus. They left everything. And became his disciples, not knowing where that journey would go. They followed the teacher, their master, and here they were, three and a half years later, and they waiting for him. And he told him to go there, but he hadn't shown up. He hadn't shown up at all. So as we go through this passage, as we pause slowly through it, let's take the phrases that are spoken here and hang out there on the beach and listen to the words spoken and draw truths, great truths, for our walk with Jesus today. While waiting, though, on the beach, Peter, in his inimitable way, says, I am going fishing. And Philip was sitting waiting around. I am going fishing. And so he speaks to his other six disciples because there were seven of them. Let's go fishing. And they all said, yes, we're going to come too. And they got into the boat and they headed out onto the lake uh, of Galilee to go fishing. And they went out and fished all night. As we've heard the passage, they labored all night with their nets and they caught nothing. Zero fish. They must have come back. In the late uh, or the early morning, still dark, tired, hungry, frustrated. The fishing thing didn't work. uh, And they wondered what the day would bring to them. And the dawn was just starting to come. They could see the light, the gray light coming. And there they saw a man, Jesus, standing on the beach. Now, they did not recognize him. I just saw a man, and uh, Jesus calls out the question you would typically ask of anyone been fishing. Have you caught any fish? I mean, that's an obvious question. That's an exciting question, because when you've been around some of the fishing spots around uh, Lake Ontario, and you go up, you expect to see this guy with this huge, large fish in a bag, and he's successful. And Jesus asked with such almost humor, knowing full well that they they had caught nothing, fellow children, have you caught any fish? And they said no. And then Jesus says, well, why don't you take your nets and cast them on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. And they do. They do that. They take the nets. They put them over and the net was full, filled with great large fish, 153 of them in all. Which tells me that they would have counted them. You don't just arrive at a number of 153. Uh, As good fishermen, they counted their fish later on. And also part of the miracle was not only the catch, but the net did not break. Isn't this a picture then of some of our lives as believers? Lord, I'm going fishing. Or not even, Lord, I'm just going to do my own thing. And I go out and I go into a venture or an activity and it's fruitless, it's barren. There's no fish caught. It's a waste of time. Or it's just another thing I do, it's mundane, and I don't get any... Satisfaction from it. Often in our Christian lives, the world creeps in and we go fishing. And miss out on God's best. But Jesus in his grace and his incredible uh, foresight comes into that situation for his disciples. He says, cast your net on the other side and you'll get some. Grace abounds, and he provides in abundance. Wow. Now note, they haven't recognized him yet. Until the light gets more and more, and John says and says to Peter, it is the Lord. It is the Lord. As he had promised, it is him, and it's Jesus standing on the beach. Wow. Remember, they've seen him in the upper room where they were fearful, all locked up in the room, and Jesus appeared to them, and they were filled with amazement. This was his, the risen Christ, there, alive. And then Thomas, who wasn't there, said, no, not until I see him and put my hand in his side and finger in the wounds. Well, I know it's the Lord alive. And so Jesus comes again a second time later to his disciples and reveals himself as the living Christ. And now for the third time, Jesus shows up on the beach. And he does that, my brother and sister, in the, on the beach of our lives. Jesus comes in his living presence to us and is present in us, you can be sure of that. You can be sure of that. It is the Lord. And one can draw from this, though, that Jesus is the only one who satisfies the child of the believer of God. It is only the Lord in my life that brings fulfillment, fulfillment, he is my all in all and brings satisfaction and fullness when He comes in His living presence and makes Himself known to us, which He wants to do. Now, notice that in the story, as we go through it slowly, is that Jesus is doing a lot of the engagement. He comes to the beach. They've come back from fishing, but He comes. And inquires as to their fishing. It's him who says, cast your net on the other side. And it's him who then provides breakfast for them. It's him who comes to us and so desires to meet with you, to meet with me. On the beach of our lives. In fact, not our lives. The lives that he has purchased the life that he's redeemed, the life that he's gifted you with. So they pulled the boat up to the shore, they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Beautiful fish cooking on a fire, a charcoal fire and some bread. And then Jesus asked for them to bring some of the fish, maybe another four or five, to add on to the fire, to add to the meal. So Peter goes to the boat and drags the net to the shore. do you know, Peter, I think he's got this in and out of boat thing. We hear it a lot. Jesus comes walking on the, on the water, and he wants to get out the boat and walk to Jesus. And now he goes and he gets out the boat, and he wades through, and now he goes out to the boat again. He's familiar with that. It's home turf. It's his fishing industry. Um. Notice, it's not Thomas or anyone else who does this activity. It's big, strong Peter. He's almost trying to prove himself in a way, maybe. But they come to this meal. Come and have breakfast. Beautiful. Of fish and bread. Simple, simple meal. And as I thought about that, I thought about the fish. A fish. And I had this thought that this was the foretelling of what the body, the believers would use as a symbol of a fish to indicate that they were believers, a secret symbol because they were under persecution. And the bread pointing to the body of the Lord, his believers that would move out from Jerusalem into the rest of Judea and to the ends of the world, body broken for them, Jesus' body, but now the body represented, I think, as you can turn your mind, by the bread itself. But notice the beauty of these words, now come and have breakfast. My dear, beloved brother and sister, Jesus today invites you and me to have breakfast with him every day, every hour. He longs to have fellowship with you and me. And he's prepared the food in his word by his Holy Spirit that has come to live in you. Wow. Catch the the significance of this. The risen Christ Calls his friends, his apostles. Come and have breakfast with me. How intimate, how beautiful, how loving. And know that today. Jesus loves to spend time with you. Do you spend time with him? As I thought about this meal. And then I thought about the last supper, which was on the eve of the Passover, before Jesus uh, was going to be crucified, we have two meals. Wow! A meal that Jesus had foretold his death, and it was a somber meal, and here now a meal on the beach. A barbecue on the beach with his disciples. And so one needs to ask the question this morning, we have to ask the question, what is the difference between the two meals? What has changed between when that meal was eaten in the upper room and to this meal that they now are going to share with Jesus? What's the difference? It is a stupendous difference. It is a life-changing difference enactment of the plan of salvation Jesus goes from that other meal into the garden of Gethsemane wrestles with the father Lord take this cup from me no yes yes Lord take this cup from me but thy will be done and then he goes and is taken to the cross after an illegal trial and he is crucified the lamb of God is slain And his blood shed for you and me. His righteousness given to me and you. And he's put in a grave. And on the third day, he rises again. Death is conquered. Sin is forgiven. And the heavens are open for free access to God the Father. Stupendous events between the one mill and the other mill. Wow. Catch that this morning. That the Jesus that we engage with, that we serve when my when I meet with him in the secret place has done it all. He has finished the job. He has accomplished salvation and has sent his Holy Spirit to live inside our lives. I request you today, tomorrow, spend an hour or two thinking in these matters in the word of God. Lord, what have you done for me? And let me bask in the truths and the, and the wonder of that between the two meals. So Jesus then says, come and have breakfast. Come and abide with me. And he feeds them. He serves them the bread and the fish. He's longing to spend time with you, O child of God, today. The transforming presence of Jesus is with you all the day on the beach of your life and you can participate with him every moment, every day. And I encourage you, to go into your closet, into your room, close the door. Take your cell phone and switch it off. Throw it away. (laughs) Never before have we seen such a barrage of external uh, signals and messages that bombard us on every front. Netflix, social media, my phone, The music you hear in a store. And the Lord is asking, where are my children spending time alone in quietude with me? Switch off the phone. Put it aside. And spend an hour, maybe two hours. Maybe five hours with Jesus. And it's challenged me. This passage, the Lord invites me to have breakfast to go and spend time in His Word, to bow my head and pray, worship, unburdened to Him. All of Jesus is available to all of me, but I have a choice. I'm going to go fishing, Lord. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to do this, and five hours goes by, or two hours, or the day's finished, and I miss out on His. Embracing his presence. Yes, he's with me and in me, but am I tapping into him? What is the difference here, though, notice this, is that the Holy Spirit had been given by Jesus to the disciples. He breathed on the Spirit uh, in his ministry later on, and they were born again. They were believers. But the Holy Spirit was still to come at Pentecost. So this account, this narrative, is in the middle of the development of the gospel. <clears throat> and as Jesus leaves this scene on the beach and teaches further and he goes to uh, the Mount of Olives and is ascended to high on high, he is exalted high above all. He sends the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity, God himself, To live with us and in us. Because he has ascended, we have received the Holy Spirit, if you're a believer. So I thought to myself, Lord, give me an example of abiding. Of what it is that I can liken abiding in you to out of the natural realm. So, if there's a picture there, we want to show that of a lioness mom and her cub. There you can see, that is an African lion lioness. Uh, those are incredible animals. Beautiful. And below the chin and nestling into the lioness is the little cub. What a beautiful picture of you and your Savior if you do that. I've watched them live in in the bush. Actually cheetahs, not so much lions. And these little cubs playing around and the big paw of the mommy comes down and then they play around and they nuzzle in. What a lovely picture of abiding in me and there's that verse if you abide in me and i abide in you you will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing apart from me you can do nothing there will be no fruit or limited fruit the going fishing will be without any Productivity for the kingdom of God. Abide in him. Now notice that little cub there is enjoying that. That is joy. It's a safe place. I have no fear there. The strength of the mom line is obvious. Overlooking. And that lovely verse out of Psalm 121 comes... Sorry, Psalm 91. He who dwells under the shelter of the Most High shall rest under the shadow of the Almighty. If you dwell in the secret place of the Lord, in your bedroom, in your living room, alone or together with family, and you seek the Lord, you will know the refuge and the shelter, the shade of the Almighty and rest in it. That is a promise. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High. The question we ask ourselves this morning, do we? Do we intentionally choose to abide in him? Like that cub. Now you remember the cub Simba, lion cub Simba in The Lion King, Beautiful story, dramatic story, where the Lion King Simba, uh, Simba of the cub, says, no, 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 I'm going out to see this craggy place. And he goes into this this dark place where he gets lured by Scar, the wicked uncle, and the other wolves. Not a place you want to be. And, of course, he survives, but Mustafa, the... the the Lion King is, is injured and, and, and is killed, if I remember. But he lives and runs away or survives the wildebeest, the wild charge of these animals that came towards him. Lovely story, but it points to us and our wandering from God. Stay close to Jesus. Spend time with him. The world is an ugly, harsh place that is against God and against the faith that you have in you. That I know. And the love of the Savior says, stay with me. Don't run away into sinful practice or places that you should not be. So, remember that natural example. And here's Peter. He had found himself in a bad place at the courtyard outside Pilate's. He was being challenged about being with Jesus and then denied his Lord. In fact, with curses, he said, Lord, I don't don't know this man because he was scared of death. And so, at the end of this breakfast, After breakfast, Jesus restores Peter. He speaks to him. And he asks this question. Simon, do you love me more than these? Simon, do you love me? And third again, Simon, do you love me? Three times. For the three times that he had denied him, Jesus was keen, very keen, in coming to him to align him with his will. That Peter was going to lead the church and be his head apostle in Jerusalem. He so desired, Peter, that he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Agape love. And Peter replies, Lord, you know I love you. Filio love Friendship love its all he had to give The Lord asks for your love this morning He asks us that question Me that question Lord Kevin do you love me more than these Do I love you primarily Lord Put him first And you'll be blessed Out of your socks I've used that before that socks on this morning but God will meet with you as you commit your life to him and love him with all your mind with all your heart with all your soul but the question is powerful this morning do you love me? do you love Jesus this morning? or maybe that love's gone cold Maybe you've wandered afar and gone fishing. Jesus says, come, come back to me. The three answers that Jesus also gives, importantly here, then feed my lambs, then take care of my sheep, then feed my sheep. He tells Peter, Peter, you're going to be doing the job of an apostle. You're going to lead, you're going to feed the sheep. Do this for me, if you love me. And so the love of God, our love for him, must always end up in some action for him. Service for others results from the secret place of abiding in him in your own bedroom, in your own place, translates into action and service for others. We never ever are going to end up in a holy huddle, in a in a in a room, all by ourselves, we're called to serve. For sure, no matter what it is, small, large, maybe an encouraging note, a text, a, a verse that you give. Uh, maybe it's just putting out the chairs, or whatever it is in your cell group. I'll read scripture tonight doesn't have to be a high profile service for God the lord takes even the smallest thing and he blesses you abundantly we called to serve and peter was called to serve and then jesus does an unusual thing in this passage as you read it he says peter you are going to stretch out your arm And they're going to take you to a place where you do not want to go. They will undress you. And he told him the means, the method of his death. Unusual that. John, and then he said to Peter, follow me. And Peter turns around and says, well, what about him, Lord, John, the beloved disciple, and says, no, you, Peter, follow me. And what is it to you even if I allow him to live until I come back again? And John records that so it's accurate that the Lord just said, what if, not that it would actually happen. And we know that the beloved apostle became the the revelator. He took the vision of Jesus in the end times on the Isle of Patmos. And he did pass away on that isle. But to all of us, Jesus said, follow me. Follow him today. Draw near to him in your quiet place. Seek the Lord and he will be found. Draw near to him and God will draw near to you. Jesus comes onto the beach of your life in his risen presence. In all his glory And all his power to give you himself, to live within you, so that all of us one day will end up at the great wedding feast of the Lamb, together, worshipping the Lord himself. So, as we close off this Bible study, really, I challenge you today, as I do myself, spend time with the Lord in quiet. Seek him and he will give you himself by the power of his Holy Spirit.